We're rolling, brother. Cool. All right. So you want to start us off a little bit? What do you want to talk? I mean, how do you, how do you do these things? I know we're recording, but kind of give me an idea. Like, what, 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 like, how do you roll into these things? So I usually have an intro. I just kind of come in with my little basic intro. Like, what is up, guys? It's episode of this, this case would be, what is up, guys? It's episode 36 of Your House, Our Rules. Um, we are here today with Michael Wallet, uh, actually my realtor, um, who got me my house. And, you know, he uh, um, introduced me into that world. And uh, he decided that he was going to do a podcast. So we're over here at his office on uh, Glenway, uh, Star One Realtors. If That's you guys right. want a fucking house, definitely hit him up because he is the fucking man. Um, he decided that he wanted to do a podcast. I'm over here. Uh, I just got everything set up. We were going to do a video podcast so I could set this on the YouTube uh, for Your House, Our Rules. Um, we haven't really discussed how we're going to get this out that's going to be something that i'm going to talk with him a little bit uh, afterwards but this will be coming up no video we were having issues with his thing he has a really junky usb mic that like is not picking up so um just rather than restart everything get the video we figured we just do it this way and i'll put a post out but yeah fucking we're here with michael wallet uh introduce yourself man introduce the podcast that you're gonna um be Panning out on hell yeah man i appreciate that that's a that's a hell of a plug you just gave me too and i'm kind of glad oh, we're not doing the video honestly i mean i look like shit i haven't showered since last night so i think yeah. we just kind of keep it might want to back off the mic just a little bit i think we keep it uh i think we keep it on the uh, audio only but um so no i'm i'm michael wallet i'm with uh star one realtors like uh like keith just said i'm on glenway avenue um been doing this a long time. Thirty eight. I've been doing it for sixteen years, man. You you are thirty eight. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. I think I thought you were thirty five when you got me the house, but I've been in there about a year and a half. Well, so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean close to it. Yeah, you were just talking to me. You said that you would get me fucking Slipknot tickets yep. at Heritage Bank to come help you do this. And yep. uh, when I walked in here, he's like, "Do you ever see my tattoo?" And he pulls up his shirt, and he has every single one of the original mask of Slipknot on his back. That's right. And I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "I was like, I didn't get to see him with Jordison, unfortunately, for the first time." And he was like, "He was like." Like, yeah, man, the first time I saw him was 2002. I was like, holy shit. Yep, yeah, I was like, two, 02 or 03, they came into U.S. Bank. I actually saw him a couple of times at U.S. Bank. I've US seen Bank. him at Rupp. I've seen him a bunch of times at uh, different festivals and shit like that. You saw but, him at Rupp Arena? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yep. had a, uh, my old production manager, Luke Crawford, at uh, Allied Window. He actually was from Iowa, and mm -hmm. he said that he got to see him play in Des Moines. Oh, that would be sweet. Uh, he said it was crazy. He was running security, so he was at the front, like, catching bodies and stuff. Oh, that's I know people sweet. were crowd surfing. Yeah, man. Dude, yeah, that, man. Their, their live show, it's it's like nothing else. I mean, especially it now. Is. I mean, they've Best got so many, so many albums out, and they just kind of do what they do what they want and do what they feel, which mm -hmm. is awesome because they've gotten to that point. They've worked their ass off to get to that point. Oh, yeah, and they created that whole fucking, like, metalcore rap sound Huge. that they had, man. It's fucking Huge. innovative in the fucking metal industry, and it's why they're one of my favorite rock oh, bands Oh, for sure. To. They're, oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, I got that. The masks around a huge S that goes back my spine. Mm -hmm. the, the little Slipknot yep. symbol that they have. Yep, and that yeah. was uh, th two, three three-hour sessions. Three three-hour sessions. Yep, That's nine cool. hours on my back. So that was yeah. that was pretty dope. So uh, my buddy Chris uh, Chris Robinson, he uh, actually got his tattoo. He has like a Mexican skull with flowers and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it was like a half sleeve, and I think he ended up doing like two nine-hour sessions or some shit like Jesus. that. He's one of those guys that is like, you know what, just keep plugging me with it. Yeah. Go ahead. And the dude was like, you know what, I'm down to keep going if you're down to keep For going. Sure. So he was like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. See, I I, I mean, it was fine. It was just like, I, I mean, it, eventually you get so numb to the pain but you're like anxious yeah you know what i mean sitting in that chair for so long right. it's just like well the guy did one half of the masks the other half of the masks and then the right. the ass down the middle but yeah dude that was yeah. dope that yeah. fucking i can't wait till to see them again and and 
June it's gonna or be July great. or whatever I heard, it is, the, yeah. I heard the sound at Heritage isn't all that great, though. I don't know if you've been there. I don't know. I've never been there for a concert. Actually, you know what? I have I have been there for a concert. It was all right. It wasn't, I mean, it was a country band I went. So, it was only, yeah, no shit. I'm, I was, you know, that was for. <laughs> for a girl. For a chick. You went for a chick. Yeah, I went for a chick. Done that way. That's the, oh, hey, dude, that's, that's the only country music uh, uh, concerts I've ever been to is for, yeah. for a female. For sure. But we're going to go to this fucking Slipknot concert. We're going to wild Oh, out. dude, that's going to be fun. Yeah. It's me, you, uh, the guy I train with, Josh, who's a, a fucking nut. They call him Mosh Josh for a reason. The guy you train with? Yeah. I met him, right? The old school boxer? Uh, no, He's, that's my buddy Mike's the, uh, okay. uh, uh, yeah. the other buddy. This is an old school boxer. No, no, my buddy Kramer. I don't know if you've met Jeff Kramer. I don't My buddy so. Kramer's going. He's He was the one of the ones that have gone with me to an original Slipknot concert back oh, in really? 2003. Okay, so I've been going some, to fucking Slipknot concerts with him. We for, got some old heads in there, man. For a long time. Yeah, it's going to be 20 good. Years, 20 plus, years. I know this guy right here, Michael Wallace Wild. Unfortunately, you can't see him, but like, let me tell you something about this guy. Like, uh, he is like the Jordan Belfort of Glenway Avenue, he's like the wolf of Glenway. <laughs> I pride myself on that sometimes too, a little bit too much, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I like to have fun in what I do, man. Yep, honestly, for sure. Doing this for a long time it's, it's your. It's not only is it the biggest purchase of most people's mm -hmm. lives, unless they buy a four hundred thousand dollar car, right? Yeah. But it, it's a stressful process, and the less stressful you make it, and the more relaxed they are, and the more fun you make it. Right. It's just, I mean, like you and I, we had fun. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot oh, of yeah. fun with this process. It was fun. It was a hard time when we were buying it, too. I don't know if it's still like that quite now, but, like, we would go five houses up on the market that we were looking to look at, and, like, maybe one of them we could actually look at. Yep. And it was like, put it under contract or let it go, because it's going to be gone by tomorrow. I mean, honestly, dude, that's what it is. It's like that right still now. Still now. It is still, still like now. that. Yeah, I mean, interest rates have gone up an entire percentage point, so they were probably in, like, the low to mid threes when I think you were buying. Yeah. Uh, and they're now at, like, four and a half or just just a little bit even above that. Okay. Um, so that kind of takes down the the demand a little bit so mm -hmm. sellers have a little bit better i mean they have a better opportunity of selling still in this market mm -hmm. but buyers have a better opportunity of of getting something under contract because instead of having five under contract and only seeing one or you know right. five showing schedule and only seeing one mm -hmm. you've got a couple more than that available exactly still. so yeah i've heard it was a little bit better most people i know a lot stabilized of people, a little bit yeah. know a lot of people who've been buying houses and they said it's about the same yeah i was like that's kind of hard to believe uh, well one of the things that i thought might have affected it was biden taking office because you know trump was a big real realty realty guy or whatever so right. i thought that might have to do a lot with it but apparently it's still just going strong i guess it is i mean a lot of that too has something to do with the you know the foreclosures and short sales not being as mm -hmm. as, as prevalent as it was you know years ago i mean shit and i started this in this in 0405 uh, and when I started new construction and all that stuff, it was popping off similar to what is popping off like now. Yep. Uh, and then we had that dip in our market in 08. Well, foreclosures and short sales were the biggest thing. So yep. you could go out and buy a foreclosure, cheap house, put some money into it. And now those houses are worth a ton. When you don't have as many of those houses on the market, the foreclosures and short sales, and it's all consumer owned people that are living there and have done the work and have done things to it and pretty mm -hmm. it up for people to buy. Those are the only ones on the market, and because of that, you get a lot of buyers. You get a ton of demand, mm -hmm. so it's all supply and demand. Yeah. When the supply goes up more, 
like it will mm-hmm. okay then the man goes down a little bit and that's when it starts yeah. to stabilize and then vice versa with exactly it. yeah yeah so like i said guys you need a house this is the man to talk to he does good things he fucking got me a hell of a deal him and fucking dan uh got me hooked up yep. with a 3.25 interest rate on the motherfucker yep. some of that had to do with my credit but right but yeah well it's a good situation to be in you were smart too you saved mm-hmm. your money and did what you needed to do to yeah. put yourself in a position to buy so exactly man yeah. yeah shout out to my parents too for fucking giving me the opportunity to fucking kind of crash in the fucking basement for a while. What, part of, up the what part of Florida did they move to? Uh, they moved to a place called The Village, which is, oh, uh, yeah. it's like it's like an hour and a half uh, so between, like, if you had to make like a triangle between mm-hmm. uh, uh, Orlando and uh, Tampa Bay and kind of like converge yep. on them, like in, at a right angle, right. it's like an hour, hour and a half in, in between in that way. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, they're living in a retirement community. I actually just booked, a, my parents just booked me a flight out there to come to visit them uh, the week after our show. Uh, next week, uh, Saturday, April 9th, is based at the Barrel, if you guys want to check that out. And I decided that after all the work that I've been doing, because I've been grinding so so fucking hard on this shit that I'm going to go take a little uh, extended weekend down in Florida with my parents come oh, uh, cool. see the new house and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. That'll be fun. Yeah. It should be a real good time, man. But I'm uh, looking forward to coming out to that show. I don't think I've ever seen you perform. Uh, I've only done a couple performances. Uh, only one in Ohio so far. Yeah. Um, and it's actually me and Bailey who are doing a back to back. But we did finish up our set this Saturday, and it's gas. Nice. Bro. It's going to be a good time. We got a bunch of people who saying they're coming out. Yeah. It's one of those things though where you know you you, you have people at shows and they're like hell yeah I'm going to come I'm going to come I'm come and they, right. they, they don't they show, show up or up. whatever. Right. Um, but it looks like there's a lot of hype around it. Um, I've got fucking an after party that we're going to do. Um, that's at this a friend's barn out there, and we're going to have fucking sound and visuals running all night fucking he said that people are allowed to camp so oh, be we're sweet. giving people options that they don't have to drive all the way back down to cincinnati and stuff they can fucking stay out there and just party the party through the night and do whatever the fuck we need to so That's awesome it's going to be a fucking great time if y'all have the time i definitely recommend you do it base the barrel there. check it out on facebook i'll be there oh yeah appreciate that brother hell yeah yeah but um so you, you want to talk about the the reds and the bangles a little bit um, we were talking a little bit about the Bengals before. I don't know much about the Reds. I just know they're fucking Me shit either. I just, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what ownership's doing. Bob Castellini, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. I mean, he was talking today in a press conference about the team and have faith and all this other stuff. But if you look at their roster, especially, you know, top to bottom mm-hmm. with hitting and stuff, like, I mean, my God, dude, it yeah. just looks terrible. My buddy Drew was putting something into perspective. He's like some dude that had there had a chance to fucking win MVP or something oh, in the next sure. year or two. Yeah. And he said they traded him and what they got some dude from the Mariners who was like their 15th top prospect yeah. or some shit like that. Just I, don't, like, I don't get what they're looking for in return. Like what they got in return for some of these guys well, was just not nothing. It was like, what, three, four years ago that they literally dumped everything and they were fucking opening up South salary cap and trying to fucking get some new people in there and then it seemed like they just kind of did the same thing four years later yep and that's the thing i was listening to mel egger on 15 30 earlier today and he was like you know it felt like so many years where they're getting the bus going and they're mm-hmm. you know starting momentum and then it, the f- fucking breaks hit right they the they, they, they fucking just stopped got everybody off that bus and then tried to start over again and now they right. tried last year's team a lot of people had hope 
Right. A lot of people had hope. Yeah, but and there now were the brakes fucking again got everybody mm-hmm. off, and now they're starting over. I remember Stolze at the beginning of the year last year was like, uh, my buddy Stolze, he's been on the podcast a couple times. He's like, damn, the Reds actually have a good, excuse me, a good baseball team. And yeah. I was like, I was like, dude, you know better than to fucking say that right. shit. Because you know at the end of the year, you're just going to be disappointed at Cincinnati sports. Right. Not so much with the Bengals this year, dude, who are doing opposite moves. They've got a fucking stellar O line. We've got a fucking defense, uh, f- or an O line now, uh, which is all we really need needed and they did what i really wanted them to do which was like find a veteran o-line because like we have the young high-flying offense we got the young players that gel well together we got the young coach who's fucking doing the thing and now we just need some fucking old heads that are fucking ready to fucking defend our quarterback yep uh dude it was great and the thing about it is too is they looked at the draft i think the reason why they signed o-line in the offseason more than anything is because they looked at the draft saw that the o-line was going to be really strong in the draft and a lot of teams need O-line. Well, I think with having a veteran O-line that you have, you have a better chance of building around that it, than bringing the new guys exactly. in. Exactly. So yeah. let them take all of these O-linemen in the draft. Let's build upon the mm-hmm. veterans that right. we have to two protect Super Bowl Joe champ- Burrows. Two Super Bowl champions on our line now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Guys who played under Brady. I mean, my mm-hmm. God, what could you ask for? You can't really ask for much more, man. I mean, there's been a couple of analysts and stuff that have been looking at it. They're like, damn, the Bengals actually know what the oh, yeah. fuck they're doing. A couple of guys on ESPN, I saw, I read an article the other day and a couple mm. of guys on ESPN said that they thought the Bengals had the best offseason of any other team. Probably. And they didn't even really need to do all that much with it. No. No, for real. Uh, one thing that I know that we're looking at really heavily now is a tight end because now that Ozama's gone we, we got Hayden a, Hurst. Yeah. We got Hayden Hurst. Yep. We, we, would we pick him up in offseason? Because yeah. I read something today that they were trying to draft a tight end. They will be, but we got Hayden Hurst, I think a one- or two-year deal. Mm-hmm. He was on Atlanta's team last year, mm-hmm. uh, obviously was behind Kyle Pitts, who they drafted, I think, fifth overall or whatever it was. Right. And then he was before that, the year before that, I think he played in Baltimore. Right. And he was fucking a stellar star. Like, he was fantastic. Yeah. And I think they traded him to Atlanta. I don't know. Or maybe he played Atlanta the year before. I'm not sure of the logistics of that. But he was fantastic. Yeah. Before he got looked over and passed over by somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, to have him on our team for a year or two, I think it's going to be fantastic. They draft another tight end. Can learn from him. Exactly. I mean, they're doing fucking build him from underneath. Dude, the Bengals are building something so special. My biggest thing is I just hope Joe Burrow sticks around to, to see it. I do too. There's a lot of people out there who are uh, a lot of the analysts are like, "There's no guarantee that he sticks around." And like all the Bengals fans are like, "Bullshit! You're full of shit. He's Man. from Ohio." And I'm like, if he's smart and sees the fucking history of this franchise, he'll get the fuck out. Well, that's the. But thing. I mean, the thing about it is, we fucking second year Super Bowl yep. appearance. Yep. Like, it's hard to fucking oh, argue sure. with that. We're for doing sure. the things that we need to for. Burrow, so yep. that's what that's what I said the other day to a buddy of mine. I was like, dude, if they continue to show Burrow that they're building the team around him, I think that'll entice him. But mentioning the word guarantee, mm-hmm. I heard the other day that they were talking about guaranteeing like the Bengals might have the opportunity to offer him a 100% guaranteed contract. Yeah might be the way that they have to go in order to sign him. It will. Um, They have, like, what, a four-year deal that they give to all fucking uh, draftees and stuff like that? So the rookie deal is five years. Five years? Okay. Uh, 
Wait, so he no four years. So he signed. Yeah, he signed for this year and the following year. And it's a four-year rookie year. deal. A lot of time to fucking do some shit, and then after that, we have to open up the salary cap. I think a lot of it depends on Burrow too, because it's going to depend on how much money he wants. With that, and if I'm being honest, Burrow seems to have the mindset that he wants championships. He's not necessarily concerned about exactly, which is why I hope that he sees what ownership is doing and what mm-hmm. they're trying to build around yeah. him. Another big thing too is they're starting to talking, starting to talk about getting an indoor practice facility yeah i've seen that i saw that today and i was like really that'd be kind of dope because i mean shit they practiced underneath the bridge right next to paul brown stadium in the winter time especially mm-hmm. if you're thinking this team's going to be doing work in right. january and february they need to be in- indoors yeah but i'll tell you what the mentality of this past team this this past year's team i oh, love it they didn't give a shit about hype. where they were practicing yeah they were underdog mentality they went into these games and yeah. they did what they needed to do does to worry me a little bit and not having that underdog mentality again because now they're now the fucking ratings are up for them they're like i think fourth to be picked to make it back to the super bowl yep um behind like i know the buccaneers were number one i think green bay and st louis were above them as well yep. and that was the only three teams that were above them and now it's like man there's a lot of pressure on their shoulders a young team but i think we got the talent to do it and i think that we got the fucking uh quarterback to fucking do it oh, so dude, burr is burr is a star he's the man i just hope the expectations don't get too much mm-hmm. hype to you know well that, that dude that dude is a fucking straight sociopath bro i sw- i swear to god like he handles every situation does, so well man. he just fucking he gets in there and he fucking plays ball fucking the statistics that he have like in all his seven must game wins i think this was right before they played kansas city he's like bros had like seven fucking must win games and it was some stupid shit like 40 touchdowns four thousand fucking passing yards and fucking no interceptions right. just the dude most blatantly fucking stupid statistics he didn't time. make mistakes that's his biggest mm-hmm. thing he didn't make mistakes yeah he even with not. the o-line that he had exactly i mean he got sacked by uh, everybody in the in the league mm-hmm. this past year and didn't make very many mistakes and took his team to a super bowl took his team to can a super you bowl. imagine with a good o-line and and a good defense like we've been building we're for the last good. couple of years we're looking and good you put that around anybody but mm-hmm. burrow and that's there's no no guarantee in success i yeah. think this is the expectations are so high and as well as they should be yeah they should, they should be, be. High, we need we they need our be. coach our coaching needs to handle that too man because you know uh the, the teams are going to start figuring us out we got a young team and i think that's throwing teams off a lot yep i, agree. I think that's definitely throwing teams off so we need to figure out how to fucking adjust and uh move move on in years to come so it was funny because i was going into the season not knowing whether zach taylor was the guy yeah, you know what I'm saying. Everybody was man. I, there were there were a lot of people who were saying that. I for one was like, give this man some time. Absolutely, because like we're since in Cincinnati. If you know anything about the environment around here, the fans suck. I'm just gonna fucking say it. I've said it on multiple podcasts. I've said it uh, to multiple people. The fans are so like, you know what? They lose. They get to the season. They lo- they don't make the playoffs. All of a sudden, no one watches the fucking games and right. all that bullshit and fucking just shits on them and stuff. And it's like you're calling for Zach Taylor after his fucking second year. Right. It's like this dude. This whole team is rebuilt. Building, like yeah. the entire team down to the fucking owners and shit like that and like in our third year with that head coach now all of a sudden we're, we're going to a super bowl and uh, now people are like oh yeah he's the fucking one and it's like you were calling for his head fucking six months ago during right. this season right yeah i'll say this about him man to see him being so just like mellow and monotone yeah. and not taking things so seriously i mean he could have freaking 
fallen off the the map with what happened last year and the year mm-hmm. before that and just said you know what this isn't this isn't this gonna isn't work it. right yeah. you know what i'm saying but he didn't he, he kept, stuck with it he stuck with it yeah. he kept pursuing he kept yeah. building the team he kept having a positive attitude and then i look at him going out to bars it, that's what i was about ready games. to say man and handing out footballs, dude. Yeah. I, I, it's in 16 the years. City in 16 years. Granted, we never had a playoff win with Marvin, but Marvin wouldn't have done anything like that, dude. Probably I mean, not. I, I don't see very many coaches that do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. For him to do what he did and just rallied around and had this city rally around this team, mm-hmm. dude, that shows his connectivity to Cincinnati. Exactly. And it just his will to win. And he wants these fans to be behind him, and he'll take this team to so heights far. that we've not seen so in Cincinnati. Far. And I think that shows so yeah. much about his character. Yeah, I, man. I love it. And, you know, we're seeing the, that fucking era of quarterbacks, the Bradys, the Rodgers, the Breezes, the Rivers, all of them fucking retiring and stuff. We're into that new era, and it's looking like fucking Burroughs might be might be the top one. He is in and the top tier. We're looking at a new era right now of fucking football, and yep. uh, hopefully we're at the top of it. Yep, that's why I said that, that uh, season three years ago or whatever it was, two years ago, I mean, if you want to count this season three, years ago where we went what one one in uh 15 mm-hmm. or two and 14 yeah and then was, fucking and, fucked around and, and like beat it, the dolphins or something yeah, to, and well i mean we got burrow in the first first still ended up hitting him but it was like God. that season if well if you look at that that was a blessing for us because mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had the opportunity i mean oh, I, I was talking about throwing the season i heard yeah for sure yeah no, I, heard, I just wanted burrow i heard miami offered them a great deal of picks and just all kinds of stuff for Burrow that year yeah. in the draft. And yep. Mike Brown and Zach Taylor were adamant saying, you can this throw us, you could throw us your stadium and your fucking cheerleaders. And we're not giving any, mm-hmm. anybody away or anything up not to take Joe Burrow for sure. Yeah. But you know what should be given away? Jada fucking Smith, dude. <laughs> nice little segue. You said you wanted to talk about that a little I bit. I mean, it's something that's been in the news yeah, I so mean, much. I think we can talk about a little bit more of the broader subject at hand with it. Because to be honest with you, I don't care much about the celebrity bullshit. Like, like getting slapped yeah. or whatever. But, you know, Will Smith is an icon in our lives. You know, he was in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in the 90s. A lot of us watched that at Nick and Night and ki- as kids and yep. stuff like that. You're a little bit older than me. But, like, he, he was an icon growing up to us. And to see him just kind of, like... Like losing it and fucking at the Academy Awards, right. like it, it, it says something. And you know, there's definitely been a lot of torment that goods going on in this dude's head because of Jada and fucking the things that are going, fucking leaving him for August Alcina and and then like having that open relationship and coming back and you know he's crying on YouTube for the rewind and all that stuff. It's just crazy shit. Now you get this and like when you look at the thing, and I'm not gonna sit here and lie, the fake looked a little slap or, or the the slap looked a little fake. Yeah, yeah. But um, when it comes down to it, like he was laughing at the joke at first, and then he kind of saw that she wasn't okay, and then he went up and just slapped Chris Rock. Right. And the thing about it, man, is like from like a comedy aspect, I joke around a lot. I'm fucking known as like one of the most offensive people that you will ever meet. Um, and like when it comes down to it, comedy is something that we fucking use to reflect light on fucking dark situations. And when you're walking up and slapping people at fucking comedians, uh, slapping comedians and stuff like that, what do you fucking put to other people? Like now you're saying that like if someone makes a stupid joke at the fucking local comedy bar, you should go up and slap them type shit. Like, nah, man, fucking comedies, comedians should be able to make their fucking jokes. It wasn't even a bad joke. It wasn't a bad joke. And no. it's not like it was overly offensive. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, regardless of what he said and, you know, 
know, it's you can take it one way or another. I think what Will Smith did was a little, and not not even that. It wasn't even as much the slap, honestly, is what he fucking said afterwards. He said, "Keep my wife's name out, out of your, your fucking, fucking mouth. mouth." Yeah, and said it twice. And it's like, dude, you know that that goes a little too far. And here's the thing, like Dave, guys like Dave Chappelle and and even Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and uh, Anthony Jeselnik, like some of the top comedians have talked about, like, hey. You know, we can't, our first, like, our First Amendment right and, like, anything as far as freedom mm-hmm. of speech, even to a comedian, like, that shit's out the fucking window anymore for those guys. Right. And yeah. it sucks because, I mean, like, it, like his Netflix, Dave Chappelle's latest Netflix special, they were talking about wanting to take that down and all this other shit On and Netflix. Joe Rogan for mm-hmm. some of the shit that he said. But the thing about taking him Dave off Chappelle Spotify is, he's shit, just, like, yeah, Dave Chappelle is not fucking cancelable, man. Fucking, he's just, he's just too up there. Well, it's he all about, at, he it's all about money. Dude, it's he all about at, money. He's he gonna, went, it's not even about money man fucking dave Chappelle has fucking been doing this for a while oh, for he sure. says what he wants to he went after the trans community and got away with it right that but, doesn't happen. but think about it this way the reason why i say it's about money is because if it was another comedian that wasn't anywhere near the notoriety of dave Chappelle, and they said that same joke they would have been taken off but, netflix or but anything i think else he gets the, i think he gets the notoriety not because of the money that he makes but because of his willingness to say what he wants to and fucking telling them to fuck off as every comedian should be able to and quite frankly they should be able everybody to, they should be they don't everybody in the world it should be. That's I believe point. that too. I mean, but. seriously, but and uh, but understand though, and I've said this a lot, a lot of times to a lot of different people. You should have the ability to say anything that you want, but you gotta understand the ramifications that could come with it. Yeah, exactly. And if you're willing to take it. Yeah. And fine. And and also, like, one thing that I want to comment on about the entire situation, too, is, like, I respect Will for fucking standing up for his wife. Like, you made for the sure. decision to stay with her and do that. It was a, probably a bad time to do that. You could have handled it in a different way. I respect him for handling his wife, but at the end of the day, I think that it's fucking causing a little bit of psychology, psychological issues that he might need to be dealt with, and I think it might be just getting rid of Jada. Yeah, you can yeah. tell there's a lot of shit going on with that man in his life, with yeah. his family and everything that he's got going on. I mean, yeah. then he took the stage and get, gave a speech. I think he won best yeah. actor, didn't he? Yeah, it was one. He won best actor for uh, I think it was best male actor or something like that. I don't remember for what it Serena is. But yeah, and he was Venus crying. Williams uh, yeah. movie that he was in yeah. for Richard playing Richard Williams. Yeah. King Richard. Yeah, King yeah. Richard. See, here's the thing, man. I I want to know straight up whether that was either staged, the whole thing was staged, or if it was something that truly happened from a, a, an well, inner emotional reaction. They are. I could see it being an emotional reaction. The reactions looked real, but they're trained actors. Correct. The slap looked fake. And yeah. if you look at like a screenshot that they have, like Chris Rock just stood there while he walked up to him. The, fit, the he was kind of had like a bent hand when he was doing it. Yep. Open palm, like left the palm a little bit too much. Right. He had his eyes closed. He was shrugging over. Felt like, like he, he was, was anticipating. He, like he it. was anticipating. Yeah, it. like he knew so, it was going to happen. And when you look at like the ratings of it, like I think it was 1997, there were 50 million people who were watching it, and there were only like 12 million or something in the current year. So like the ratings had dropped, and it was the it was the lowest viewed one of all time. So a lot of people think that they might have been doing something to fucking get. The for that purpose yeah. and honestly man I, that's the thing they do that but see they do it to themselves mm-hmm. the ratings they get is is all on them because of how they conduct their shows right right but i mean at the same time it is the fucking academy awards it is the oscars and like it is but it's, it should be about movies yeah well stop putting so much other emphasis on politics ex- and everything exactly else, but i i don't know if it's when just you're the making fact that 20 million dollars a year I, I feel like <laughs> i feel like something as fucking big and legit as the, this fucking uh award show that they're doing i feel like that's not the way to go about it if they want views Absolutely. maybe they just needed shock value that to do that but like it's hard to believe that they had will smith slap someone and fucking start 
start cussing at people right. on live television to get ratings. To get ratings, right? Yeah. Um, oh, it, I agree. Yeah, but it, see that. But I, like I said, though, they do that. They did that shit to themselves, man. They yeah. did that shit to themselves because they can. You can tell the the country doesn't want to watch a bunch of wealthy Hollywood. Million and billionaires talk about stuff that that they really truly can't well, relate. Well, here's to. a here's a point too because uh, I was talking to a couple people in my group chat about it, and I was like, the thing about it is, I was like, the silver screen's taken over. No one really wants to watch fucking movies anymore, especially when like movie theaters and stuff are closing down. Go right. and spend ten dollars for fucking popcorn. No, right. I can fucking download like the new Godzilla movie came straight to HBO Max. I remember right. that. I was like, damn, they're really starting to release fucking AAA movies yep. to just your your television screen. Yep, and I've heard some stuff that they're trying to introduce new things like uh i know they've had pay-per-view for a while apparently they want to do live shows at at concerts and stuff like that i don't really find that something that is attractive but when it comes down to it when you have a a movie uh years ago you had to do the movies fucking hour and a half that you could watch it out now we have things like game of thrones that have revolutionized the billion dollar fucking budgets on episodes fucking 10 episode seasons and shit like that you can expand out a 10 hour fucking season over multiple seasons and just expand the story fucking 100 times over for sure rather than do it in an hour and a half movie or like you have the lord of the rings which is like three movies they're three hours long type thing so i I personally like the shift over to a television uh, series. Streaming. I like them more. It's I don't really. Streaming. Yeah. I, yeah, I really don't like movies as much anymore. Absolutely. There are times to have movies if you just don't have a story that can fucking pan out that much. Sure, that's cool. Right. But and then I, I, I like seeing some stuff that's panned out. Right. Yeah. Streaming. So. Streaming's definitely taken over. Yeah, for sure. Together. It already has taken. And maybe that's part of the reason why the ratings haven't been so, you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, pe- most people went and saw these movies. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, I mean, I don't see. Well, the best movie was a Netflix movies. movie. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I haven't seen, you know, hardly any movies in an actual movie theater in years. I went and saw the new Batman recently. Spider Man was, was the last one I saw. And to be completely honest with you, I fell asleep for about 15 minutes of it. And it was just. It, Do you see the new cool. Batman? It was cool. I have not yet. Okay. No. I mean, it's good, but I will say this. The Christopher Nolan Batman's, dude, I, I don't think yeah. this even compares to any of the three that he not a, Not a huge, huge Batman fan, if right. I'm being Which completely honest Which with you. Uh, the Dark Knight is one of the best movies of all time. I agree. Uh, but that's just because Heath Ledger is... And you know that got man. snubbed that year for Best Picture for Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I was talking to someone about. They were talking about uh, the, these movies that win, and they're like, usually the, the best-reviewed movies are the ones that... Uh, that don't win Oscars. Right. I was like, I was like, that's not true, man. Because most of the movies that win are shit that no people have never heard of. Like Slumdog Millionaire, it got really good reviews, but fucking most people, most average people hadn't. Like, I, seen I watched it. it. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. I've never seen it. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, don't I watch don't it. Oh, it's terrible. I, I get. I like movies. Um, I like those type of movies. I can probably get into it. Um, I have a little bit more understanding of some of them, but it's just not one that I've ever watched. To be honest with you, I haven't seen all the movies. I know Netflix released all of the categories that, like, all oh, the nice. films and. I didn't know that. The, That's yeah, sweet. they had a category that came on now that everything that was nominated is on a certain category that you can go through and watch on all Netflix. Of them. And the only one that I had seen out of those was Don't Look Up, which was a fucking phenomenal. Movie. Really? Yes. If you've okay. seen Don't Look It I Up, not Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, no, not you need to watch it. it. It's like this political comedy and the thing about it is like it kind of has this 
like it, it's a political comedy, but it's so fucking over the top. But how over the top is it? Mm-hmm. Like the people are just shitty people, and they're doing the absolute dumbest bonehead things. And it kind of fucking reflects real life society with right. social media and how people would react to stuff like the pandemic. But basically, the premise of the movie is there's an asteroid coming for the world. It's going to destroy the planet, and now they have to deal with it. And just the amount of time it takes to get shit done and watch it right watch it i don't want to ruin too much no, of it, you're good. but you'll 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 realize in about 30 seconds what what the movie's going to okay. be like it's I'll have to it, look it, at that, it, yeah. oh dude every single line has some sort of and that's on netflix yes it's okay. on netflix yeah and that you said it was leo and who else jennifer, jennifer lawrence. lawrence yeah um, see i never liked jonah her because she was, she's a louisville it. grad right she's a louisville yeah. fan <laughs> oh she's a louisville fan oh yeah she, she's a louisville grad louisville yeah, fan fuck yeah. that Go that's, what I, that's what i said yeah yeah see that uh jersey hanging up behind you yep it's got john calipari's uh autograph on it yep oh. man i've been a kentucky fan since the day i was born unfortunately they got beat by st pete's yep yeah. so was i but I came you know what as a I, kentucky fan I, dude i was i was a little bit upset about it but seeing how's how they made it to the lead eight it, it took stuff in the blow just a little bit i mean it did and honestly my buddy dan said this in a group text when uh, the night that kentucky lost he was like you know what everyone's like oh how are you doing because i had like 53 text messages like mm-hmm. within five minutes of the buzzer going off in that game swear mm-hmm. to god i should have screenshot oh dude i it used to be like that all the time text messages. i don't follow college basketball as much as i used to i'm still a huge kentucky fan right. I, I definitely watched the game but like it used to be when they would lose everyone was texting me just talking shit. oh yeah for just sure just talking all kinds of shit so i opened up the group text and I'm in with a bunch of my uh, close close friends and uh, my buddy Dan actually he was right when he said this he was like you know what he's probably fine because it's a lot easier for him with Kentucky losing in the first round to get over it than he is if they advance so far Dude, especially to the Elite Eight in the Final Four where I have where it you know it's it sucks because they're that close and to not finish the job when they're that close so, is a lot more devastating to me. Do you remember the year that they made that fucking march to the national championship game as an eight seed yeah. with the Harrison twins? Yes. So uh, in the elite eight, I was at the game against Michigan when Aaron Harrison hit that oh, fucking hit that wing three to fucking win the game. Yep. And then I was in Lexington the next week for the final four when they beat Wisconsin to go to fucking UConn. Oh, that's amazing. On state street, fucking shoulder to yep. shoulder. Dude, I drank like eight beers in the two block walk to straight. Yep. There were couches on fire. Someone yep. was riot gear. Fucking, it was absolutely fucking nuts. And then they lost in the national championship to number seven UConn. UConn. Yep. Yeah, and I was like, you're right. It was a lot more devastating. See, than I, losing her. I actually pace around my garage. I'll be honest with people. I actually pace around my oh, yeah. garage. I listen to the games. I never even watch them. Yeah. Regular season, especially mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament. I listen. I listen to Tom Leach and Mike Pratt. I listen to the For games. For sure, bro. Um, they're they're so intense with it, man. Like when Aaron Harrison hit all those threes that year when they were. Oh. Uh, making their way to the national championship, he yeah. went psycho yep. when he was hitting those threes. Dude, and we I just went fucking, psycho. I broke down and started crying. Like I was, bro. We were at Lucas Oil. And I was there with my dad, and we were like, I've never seen my dad jump so high in yeah. my life. Like at that time, like late fifties, just fucking getting up in yep. the air. Like Michigan fans right in front of us. Oh god, it was so sweet. That year they went went thirty eight and one. The year after that, oh yeah, and they had Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Oh god. That team was insane. Bro, the one team that I did not want to run into in the fucking tournament was Wisconsin, yep. bro. Because they fucking slowed the game down. Because they'd been there it, before, it, too. It, yeah, yep. it, it, just, it just did not have a good look to it. Yep. ended up losing And them. then who won that year? Fucking Duke. Puke. Of, Fuck off. Of all teams. God damn. They're in it this year. Final four, man. Yeah. Co- against Coach North K's, Carolina. Coach K's last season. 
Yep. And it's funny. People are like, well, it's you know, is recruiting going to fall off for them? No, they got the number one recruiting class coming in for next year. They might, but what's the next coach going to do? It's John Shire. They named John Shire as their next coach. He's we'll been at Duke we'll see. for It's going to be hard forever. to fucking – it's going to be hard to, to – You can't follow in Coach Shashky. K's footsteps. Yeah, no. it's going to be hard. But the fact that he played under Coach K and he's been coaching under Co- yeah. Coach K for I mean, Cal- years. Calipari's been doing it for years, taking fucking uh, – uh, up until recently, he only missed the Sweet 16 one fucking year, and it was the year they lost to Robert Morris. And that team just really wasn't that good. No, but, the like, year they lost to Robert Morris, they didn't make the tournament. Yes, I know. Yeah. That was the only time that in like his first 10 years he did not make the at least the Sweet 16. There was one other. I don't think so. Uh, they lost to Indiana in the round of 32 when they had um, Tyler Ulis uh, as a sophomore the year after they went 38-1. and one. I think that – wasn't that after that? No. The the year that they uh, lost to Robert Morris in the tournament was the year after they won the national you, championship. You might be right. But he was doing it – the point was he was doing it with all freshmen. Correct. Every fucking year. Yes. Well, now we got the, all these grad transfers and stuff. And it's funny mm-hmm. because he, Calipari always said, I'd rather have the top talent, you know, meaning mm-hmm. five stars, all these freshmen, people coming in, recycling in and out and all that stuff, than right. I would rather have experience. Mm-hmm. He'd rather have the top talent than he would experience. Yeah. And it's funny. He's always said that. Granted, he is underperformed, in my opinion, at Kentucky. Yeah, my, co- my year, uncle was calling for his head this year. This year, he had a shit ton of experience, and they lost in the first round. Yep. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, uh, also, fucking Kansas now the most winning basketball team. I mean, dude, the thing about it's this. Been a let, tough year. Let me ask you this question. After Calipari finally retires, mm-hmm. you know, in the next probably five years or so, who would you like to see as the next Kentucky head coach? Shit, I don't fucking, I don't even know. I couldn't even begin. It would have to be five years from now, too. We yeah. have to see who, who fucking who, who's is, there. who's doing it and stuff right. like that. So, it, that that's a really tough conversation to have. Uh, Cal Perry's done so much for the modern-day Kentucky organization and, and picking another coach is another kind of coach. So, following those, yeah, follows yep. in, in that, those footsteps is yep. going to be very difficult, yeah. for sure. It is what it is. We'll see how the fucking shit pans out, and when it happens, we'll, we'll deal with it. Yep, I agree. Sure. So, I think uh, we're, we're about 36 minutes in. We kind of want to make it a little bit uh, shorter this episode, uh, not having video. And uh, he's got to go do some stuff. It's starting to get a little bit late. I got to go home and get to bed and yep, wake so up and I. stuff like that. So, yeah, for sure. Um, this is episode 36 of Your House, Our Rules. Introducing Mike Wall. You may be seeing him on the channel a lot more now. Uh, we have to talk about that a little bit. But until next time, peace. See you.